Dear Father in heaven, as we open thy word now, as we uh, look to thee, we want to ask, dear Father, for the blessing, the blessing that a father, a loving father, a perfect heavenly father wants to bestow on his children. We know earthly fathers, we know the, the delight that they have in their children even more so. Now, as we approach thy father heart, we know it is open towards us. We have confidence, not in ourselves, dear Father. We know, we know very well all the ways we have failed this past week, even all the, the shortcomings, the sins, the, the ways we have even treated each other, dear Father, that have not pleased thy father heart. But dear Father, we know in spite of that, as we confess it, as we bring it before thee, Thou canst cleanse, thou canst restore, thou canst heal, thou canst give us direction, purpose. All these things can be accomplished by thy spirit, by thy word, operating in the inner man. Dear Father, that's our desire this, this afternoon hour. We're thankful for this opportunity, though. There's just a few of us to gather together and pray collectively as a body here. And we realize there's special power in that, too. We realize that pleases thy Father heart in a special way even though as we've just been encouraged each one of us should be individually praying each one of us should be in our closets and on our knees before thee we know there's a special blessing and a special promise that's associated with this collective gathering together and lifting up our petitions to thee dear father please end this uh this time of isolation and this time of being apart please bring us together we plead uh, we don't know what the future holds. We know thou holdest it perfectly in thy hands. Thy, thy will is being accomplished. But we plead, dear Father, for our church here locally, that thou wouldst restore us all together, that would restore each member uh, to one another and to thee where members are straying or isolated or, or, or depressed or cast down. Dear Father, we pray these things uh, looking unto thee and looking unto Jesus. In his name, amen. I'd like to turn with the Lord's help to uh, the epistle to the Colossians, chapter 3. Colossians, chapter 3. Colossians, chapter 3, starting with verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth? Lie not to one another, 
seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I've read up to verse 17, chapter 3 of Colossians. May the Lord bless the reading of this word. I find this word that we've read this uh, afternoon hour to to be a great encouragement to me. It's, it's a word that I needed this, this uh, past week, just with some challenges at work. Things were a little bit more difficult, a little, little bit less um, sleep than I would have liked, and um, a little bit of a loss of focus on, on the Lord and his will. And this word, which the Lord gave to me, um, spoke to my heart. Uh, this morning, it, it really caused me to realize where I had um, set my ambitions or my, my uh, affections on things that were not um, in heaven, are not bound up with Christ. And that's what we start this chapter with, this kind of vision statement, this, this, this instruction that is the corrective. That's, that's the real, the reminder we always need to be called back to as Christians. It, it's so easy and it's, it happens so often where um, the focus gets off, we start to, to be minded on earthly things, or we're not even aware of where our bodies and, our, and our, the, the physical part of us, the fleshly part of us, could even be in our minds, the fleshly mind uh, can creep back and can take territory again. And um, we can find ourselves minding earthly things. I find this passage interesting. There's a series of lists here. And if we kind of set those lists in contrast to each other, we can see a progression. We can see a development of how to accomplish, how to, to uh, fulfill this, seeking those things which are above and, and um, setting our affection on those things which are above. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Here, the active word seek, it, it speaks of um, 
um, an ambition, an active, a striving or a seeking. And I think um, sometimes we may get confused or sit back and think, well, I'm a Christian and my life is um, in Christ now. I have a new life. I'm transformed. And it's just things are going to happen. And they will to a certain extent. They, they will happen naturally because we have been changed, because our hearts have been renewed. But in all that, there has to be a striving. There has to be a seeking. Um, if, if we are not actively pursuing God's will and, and God's uh, word even, I don't think we'll get very far. We, <clears throat> I don't think we'll grow very much. Um, Paul says that he presses towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. There's a stri- there's a, this is a race. It's something that really takes energy and focus and a not a, a sort of a comfortable um, living, you know. On the one hand, a Christian is contented. They're, they're, they're at peace. They're, the peace is ruling them, as we read in verse 15. But on the other hand, there, there has to be a continual pressing for and a striving for of a never being contented in the sense of a spiritual uh, a state that I've arrived and I'm, I'm happy with where I am. I think if any of us are honest with ourselves and take an honest um, inventory, we would see that we all need a bit more, maybe a lot more, I speak for myself, a lot more of that striving and that, that diligence of pursuing the things of the kingdom. You know, we're, we, um, we seem to be, a lot of us seem to find it nat- a natural fit to, to maybe do well with work or, or with a task that we've been given, to be efficient, to maybe even be smart about it or whatever it is. Um, but do we employ that same sort of diligence, that same sort of fervor um, to the things of God's kingdom? That list here, the the third list, which we're going to get to, is that my focus, that that list in, in verse 12. So, seeking those things which are above, an act of pursuing, but then even more, he says, set your affection on things above not on things on the earth and this is the part where maybe the natural the new man that has been created um he will have those affections and they have to be encouraged and and um and awakened and and wetted you know that that word here affection um is used in the negative sense by by uh, christ when he says to peter he says get thee behind me satan for thou savorest not the things which be uh, thou savorest the things which be of earth um, if I'm misquoting, forgive me. That savoring, that setting affection on, that um, intense interest in. You know, parents naturally have a affections for their children. They set their affection on their children. They, they're interested in, in how they're doing, what they're what they're going to uh, uh, going to be, how their character is developing. That happens naturally as a parent. That you set your affection on your children. As a Christian. We should have that same uh, natural uh, uh, setting of our affections on things that are not tangible, not physical, um, not of this earth. The things that are hid with Christ, the things like mercy, the things like kindness, like humility, like meekness, like forgiveness. I should be, have a, as a Christian, have a natural God-given nature uh, uh, drawing to those things. When I see those things in operation, they should delight me when I see mercy being extended, when the Lord works in my heart to extend that to someone else, I should be delighted in it. I shouldn't be pulling back cynically and thinking, oh, this person doesn't really deserve it, or that's a wasted effort. 
that's, that's squandered money that someone just, that's a, a thinking that's of this earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. This is all predicated on, it's all based on that if. If ye be risen with Christ. And each one of us needs to ask, and especially my friend outside of Christ, you need to ask, am I risen with Christ? Am I dead with him? Have I died with him? And am I raised with him? What does that mean? The the previous chapter addressed it. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism. So identifying with his death, dying with him, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. My faith in God's operation in my heart, which hath raised him from the dead. My faith in Christ and his resurrection, what he's done, and my faith that God has done the same work in my heart as I have identified with him in his death. Now I am risen with Christ. I have to reckon these things, like like he says in, in, in Romans 6, Reckon that these things are dead and these things are alive. The, the, the earthly, the members that are upon the earth, they are dead. I have to reckon them dead. They, if, if they come up, if they rise up, they need to be cut off again. And the things that are of God, that are of the new man, they have to be encouraged and, um, and delighted in. And as we say this, it's not you know, just a series of instructions. You have to do this, and you have, to, you have to kill, and you have to make alive. No, this is faith in the operation of God. It's faith in what God is doing in you as you submit yourself to these things. This is a, it's a mystery to me how God does this, how he can take a, a, a wretched person who's miserable in sin like myself, and then through my faith and belief in his operation, my identification with him, he can make me a new man. But it's a reality. It has happened. I am dead. My life is now hid with Christ and God. Everything has changed. And not, not only so, you know, as we live on this earth, we experience difficulty. We experience the pain of um, this body and, and of sin uh, that affects this whole world. But we know that now that we are hid with Christ and God, there is a glorious, a glorious resurrection that's coming. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And, you know, we, we look at the, the quote-unquote glorious people in this world's eyes that, that, the, the, that are held up in such high esteem, whatever they be. You know, if it's pop stars, or on the other hand, if it's super smart people and, and super powerful people or whatever it is, and the glory that they're held in, that's going to be nothing compared to the glory that you and I will have when Christ appears. When we stand beside him, stand with him in his appearance, in his manifestation, his full manifestation, it's, it will be worth it all. You may feel forgotten and um, uh, nothing in the eyes of this world and despised by people around you. But keep clinging to Christ because one day it will, it will all pay off in the, in the biggest sense. So to get there, there is a, a making, a, a, a mortification that has to happen, a continual. I'm reminded of Paul's words, but he says, always bearing about in his body the dying of Christ so that the life also of Christ may be manifested. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. So here we come to this first list that I spoke of, the first list of different things. 
I think often Paul does that, seems to be in his, in his letters. He, he'll give you a list of things, and sometimes you read things like, why, why do we have all this, this list? Why can't he just come out and say what he's trying to say? But I, I'm, I'm convinced it's there through the, the, the moving of the Holy Spirit, and Paul is trying to give us an example. He's trying to, get, through this list, give us a whole picture of, of all that's involved here, of all the different manifestations of this, the, the earthly members. And he starts with sexual sins, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, all those things related to all the, the different ways God designed relation in marriage uh, can be put aside or neglected. And there's all the different ways we know about it. This world uh, seems to be embracing those things more and more, the inordinate affections, the evil concupiscence. But... This list also includes covetousness. Just the simple desiring for the things that are not yours. That may seem innocent. You know, I, I, I'd like that. One day I want to I work towards that and get that. You know, they, they could be good intentions, but they can also turn to covetousness, which becomes idolatry. That you now look to those things for comfort, for um, purpose, when you should be looking to God. So, this list here, it's a reminder, I think, for the believer. And, and, and he makes clear in verse 7, you know, you walked in those sometimes now, you know, when you lived in them, but the implication is now you're not walking in those ways. And, and heaven forbid, God forbid, that any believer should be walking in those, those things. But we need to be reminded that it's a possibility. Our members, which are still on the earth, can be awakened, can be uh, encouraged, can, can um, trend that way and pull us away. From, from the life that is in Christ and back into uh, spiritual death. And even something like covetousness, which we may think, well, that's not that bad. It's included in that first list here. So some seriousness uh, that we need to realize when um, there is an awakening or, or when there is a, a, a pulling of the, of the members of our body, that need to be dead, they need to be made dead. They need to be, to be cut off. And then the second list in verse 8, maybe we can relate a little bit more to. Now we can see, okay, there are some things here that maybe I have a problem with. Now also put off all these. Anger. I stop at that first one and, you know, um, when I was younger, I never really thought I had much of a problem with anger. But um, my dad, in his wisdom, he, he would, from time to time, he'd remind me, say, Eric, I think maybe you have an anger problem you need to address. And now that I have kids, I actually see that I do. And, and that anger interferes with my ability to discipline my children in the way that God wants me to, to, to direct, to, to, um, to encourage them, but to correct them also in the way that anger is actually... Many times it will cause me to, to, to check myself or, or, or um, to doubt uh, when, when the anger wells up with me. My kid has done something wrong and I want to... No, that's not the way God wants me to deal as a parent. Not in anger. And um, the Lord is working in my heart um, to put that off. And um, my dad kind of knew it, I guess. He could see that in me where, where I maybe had denied it when I was... Uh, in a single state or when I wasn't in charge of or, or had care of, of little children. 
And you think, well, why would you be angry at innocent little children? These things don't always make sense, the way that, that our hearts would tend to sin. Um, but the temptation is there. We need to put it off. Wrath, malice. Now, who would, why would we want to think evil, malice of, of anyone? But it can be there. It needs to be put off. It needs to be put from us. Blasphemy, so evil speaking, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another. And then this one here, these are all things that are kind of coming out of your mouth from the condition of your heart. This last one, I think, is maybe the most subtle. This lie not to one another. Because I think we could many times justify not speaking the truth. We could say, well, it's going to hurt them. It's more convenient if I don't speak the truth. Um, if I shade things a certain way or I omit something. But that is not part of the new man. The new man lives in truth. The new man um, embraces the truth, first of all, about himself, about, about his, his own heart, his own tendencies that need to be cut off and mortified. I'm not going to make excuses for when something happens or when I, when I uh, see uh, Satan making an inroad. Don't lie to myself and then don't lie to other people. Don't pretend that it's all good when someone asks you an honest question. How's it going? What's, what's going on with you? Don't lie. Don't, don't make it something that it's not. Discretion is involved. You need to, uh, to know how and what to share, but don't lie. You have put off the old man with his deeds, and, and, and lying is so much a part of the start of so many of these other sins, where we get to the point of these gross and horrible sins here in that first list. We have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And uh, here the, the, the apostle, I think in, he has in mind, first of all, God who created man in his image. That's what we read right in Genesis 1 and, and, and all the different ways that's, that's still true of everyone who has ever been on this earth that has been created in the image of God. And that's why human life is sacred but even more so, God has recreated or has created a new man in the image of his son, which has been renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And this new man in, in Christ, uh, he is glorious. He is glorious in, in the assemblage of all of the people that, that there's no Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. He's glorious because he's reflecting Christ. And when all those people are together and uh, assembled as a body, they're reflecting Christ in a special and unique and wonderful way. That's God's design, Ephesians speaks of. That's the new man that, that, that has been created in the image of Christ. That's what I need to delight in. Where that's not happening in, 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 in those around me where I'm concerned, where I see problems, I need to be working to, to uh, extend the kingdom. Because that's where we get to this third list here. And I think this third list is our, is our, the first two lists, yes, there are things that have to be put off, there have to be things that have to be cut off, mortified, made dead, but this third list here, verse 12, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, 
meekness, long-suffering, forbearance, etc. This last list here is the way that we seek those things which are above, the way that our affections are, are rightly channeled and encouraged. I think the opportunities to exercise these things, they, they come along a lot more than we realize. If we would open our eyes to see the, the ways that God wants us to exercise mercy and kindness, um, to humble ourselves, I think there would be a lot more opportunities. You know, we read this and we think, well, how am I supposed to... Oh, Eric, you just need to open your eyes. You need to, to see the people around you. You need to see yourself, the way you're not interacting in, in this list of things to put on. Humbleness of mind. I think a lot of it starts from that. One thing that uh, was brought to my attention about this passage was that those first two lists there are all about yourself. Whether it's the gross sins about uh, the, the sexual immorality or, or covetousness or the things like anger or, or malice, it's all about yourself. But this last beautiful list here, it's all about other people. Mercy, kindness, long-suffering, forgiveness, when the focus is off of myself and on other people and on God's will, uh, things change. All of it is bound up together. And he says, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. I think someone has, has uh, said before, um, I don't know who said it, but the opposite of love is not hatred necessarily, but the opposite of love is indifference. And maybe that's the danger of this time of being apart and being isolated is I'm, because I don't know and I'm not in contact with you as frequently as, as before, I can kind of be indifferent to what, oh, what's going on in your life or um, vice versa. And that's a way that that love can be put and made, made cold and I think that's the challenge that, that, that God is asking us to, to rise to right now. This, are we going to love? Are we going to let love wax cold? Or are we going to find ways, creative ways, to increase love, to increase all of these uh, characteristics, these things that are from above, these characteristics of Christ? Something as simple as reading verse 16 here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, when was the last time that, that you got together with someone else and, and sang? And I, I realize there's restrictions on that and, and, and certain things that, that uh, we don't feel comfortable doing, but are we finding creative ways to encourage each other to still fulfill this verse here? Whether it's to send people um, some music that we, we've been thinking of they can listen to, or uh, maybe even to record something and send that on to other people. To let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. If, if we've just shut off that aspect of our, our, lives, our lives in Christ, just said, well, we're not going to do that for a year. That's, an, that's a, um, an aspect of the word of Christ that's not dwelling in us richly. He's very specific here. It says psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Are we letting something wither by just saying, well, we're I'm not going to be involved in that anymore. We, we can't do it. 
Are we going to just let it go, or are we going to ask God's Spirit to work, to find ways to, to let even in that, in this time, uh, dwell in us richly in all wisdom? Are we going to teach and admonish each other, or is it just going to be a sort of one-way broadcast every week? Is that going to be the extent of the word of Christ dwelling on us? Are we going to take that on of teaching and admonishing and encouraging each other, one another, in this way? I'm confident. I'm confident that the, the new man that has been created in us, in Christ, the one that was formed on that, uh, when we embraced, when we fully embraced the gospel, that new man, uh, he can accomplish all the things that God has set out in this word. He can accomplish that. The new man that God has created in me can be dwelling in this mortifying, getting rid of all the things that are not part of the kingdom, putting off all the things that come up from the, the natural selfishness, the anger or the, or the, or the evil thinking or the, or the lying or the, the untruth. And I can delight in what is of God's kingdom, the holiness, the, the mercy, the kindness. I think Satan would obviously like us to think otherwise. He'd like to, 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 to think that uh, we've been set back, that, that God's kingdom cannot prevail, but God has promised in his word that his kingdom will prevail, that it, it, the very gates of hell shall not be able to withstand against it. It'll go right up to that. May God encourage us in this word, show us where um, something needs to be put off, where something needs to be put on, May he allow us to um, greatly desire the welfare of each other a lot more. And I think, uh, as Brother Edmund said this morning too, and, and uh, um, I'm convicted too, I think this initiative about praying, that's an opportunity. If, if you haven't considered it, consider contacting Sister Vicki and, and saying, I'm willing to pray for, for whoever um, would be assigned to me or however it's going to work out. I'm not sure all those details have been worked out yet, but that you'd be willing to participate in it because I'm sure only good can come of it. In my life and your life, as God hears our prayers for each other, as he transforms us to, to have our affections set on the things that are above. I think this is one way where the word of Christ can dwell in us richly, where we can exercise this kindness um, There are a lot of other opportunities. I'm sure the Lord will lay it on your heart. I'm sure he will lay it on my heart in this week ahead as I focus on him, as I stop seeking the things which are below, where my ambition and my affection is set on him and what he delights in. So this afternoon we've been reminded of... Uh, where our affections, our ambitions, our, our, our striving should be set, and the contrast, the, the things of this earth, the things that are, uh, the members which are upon this earth that are a contrast to that. And we've been encouraged to, to love one another, to, to exercise 
these aspects of the new man um, that will work for, for love. One verse we didn't touch on here, the result of this, is verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I think it's such an interesting choice of words. Very telling. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The one that rules is the one that's in the position of authority that, that makes decisions and, and, and judges and things like that. Peace for the Christian, the one whose affections are set above, peace will make those, will, will be that rule, will be the, will be the guideline, will be the, the thing that directs my interactions with, with other people. What works for peace, what, what establishes, what promotes peace, that true peace, the peace of, of God. And that's going to be the, the result of, of this, of the, of the new man and the putting on of, of, of the things that he has chosen that are part of his kingdom. And we are called in one body, to the which also you're called in one body. This peace of God, as we exercise these, these things, as we put on kindness, mercies, meekness, long-suffering, forgiveness, forbearance, love, God's peace will permeate. That's the antidote to all this unsettled, the weirdness that's going on with, 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 with the world right now and has always been going on apart ever since the fall of man. The answer is this, and the result will be the peace of God, which will rule among us, which will make the decisions when we have to decide something. How are we going to encounter the, whatever may come our way, persecution in the future, restrictions, etc., this or that, the peace of God will rule in that. We will have peace as we do these things, which will allow us to, to be one body, to manifest that. And we have so much to be thankful for in all this. We have uh, uh, so many reasons to rejoice, to, to lift up our voice to the Lord in song and in prayer and thanks for what he's given us. He's rescued us from so much. May the Lord encourage us with that. May he give us a clear direction for this coming week. I know he has encouraged me through his word, and I pray the same for you. With that, we'll conclude the service.